Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have uh, sent your word and healed us to deliver us from all destruction. Father, we honor you. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. And we praise you. You are the God of all flesh and nothing is too hard for you. So we honor you. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. And we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So uh, we're going to talk about the fact that your healing is not in the future. Amen. Your healing is not in the future. Your healing is now. Amen. Your healing is now. Uh, in Genesis 1-3, uh, we have a decree. A decree is something that is spoken by an authority that is uh, in force and it is also uh, lawful. And until that decree is lifted, it is still in force. Amen. So a law of the land is a law of the land until it's rescinded. So man can rescind and take back his words. Thank God. I mean, that's a good thing for all of us. Amen. But but once God speaks a thing and decrees a thing, it is so forever and ever. So God's word is eternal. That means it came before anything else that is of this world came along. So the fact that God said it first and he said it with eternal authority makes it so throughout the ages. His word is never not in force. His word that he spoke. In Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be many other things. But that decree has never been rescinded. You can tell that because everywhere, every time you can depend on sun up and sundown in this earth. I mean, the, the sun still shines in the sky. It just, the earth rotates and we're away from it for certain hours of the day and, and we're under it for certain hours of the day. But it's always up there. Amen. It's always shining. And so it just as you can depend on God's word that the sun will shine, you can depend on his word that you are healed. Amen. So your healing is not somewhere off in the future. Your healing is in force now. Amen. It has been decreed already. So when God created us further down in Genesis, in uh, the book of Genesis, we were created good. That means there was nothing wrong with us then. And once you're redeemed, there's nothing wrong with you now. Amen. Now, when we were sinners, there was stuff wrong with us because we we got evidence of it. I'm just going to see life for a minute right there. You know something was wrong with you. (laughs) You see these people say, oh, I was born praising God. I was raised in the church. I said, so was a lot of devils. You see, you saw them Pharisees that put Jesus to death. They was raised in the church, too. Amen. So you can't claim raised in the church as as salvation. Huh? You kind of need to come out of there. Just a thought. (laughs) So God has sent out his decree. Amen. Once he says a thing, he won't take it back. 
You know why? Because he's he's bound by his own oath and promise. He's bound himself up not to go back on his word. Amen. It doesn't matter how many people you know tried to believe God and it didn't work for them. And I remember I, when I was new in the things of God, I would run into Christians and I thought everybody knew God better than I did because I was new. And so when I would, would start to talk to people, I would find out there were more unbelievers than believers. So if you were going to put a thought together, you had to get a little bit of this from this person, a little bit that from that person, a little bit, and try to put it together and make one piece. And God told me, he said, I want you to learn how to listen for the witness of the Spirit on the inside of you for whether or not a person has something to tell you that's true. See, God, a testimony of God's goodness is not a testimony of defeat. It's a testimony of victory. So if if you say you tried something and it didn't work and you say that was God, I don't have no holler for you. Because I want to get around people that have tried the word and it worked. Because then I know that's a testimony of God's faithfulness and not a testimony of you gave up or you quit or you let somebody talk you out of it or you never did believe. Amen. So God is exposing unbelievers in this hour. And I'm not talking about just because people decided to stay home today. I'm glad some people did because we would have had too many people in here. But I'm exposing, God is exposing people as to what they believe. Amen. Remember a teaching a few months ago at Rejoice Detroit on who was on the Lord's side. God sets up a dividing line. And he wants people that are with him. It's like, okay, I'm tired of playing games with y'all. Sometimes you talk faith. Sometimes you talk doubt. Sometimes you ask me to help you. And sometimes you go off on your own. I want to know today who's on my side for real. You got me? And then he sets up a test to find out who really is. Oh, right. You think he's going to take your word for it, right? Uh, I don't think so. He tests us. Amen. In Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 8, he says, it says he, he put us through these situations, tested in the wilderness. Amen. To see if you would, to prove you and see if you would serve him so he could do you good at the latter end. What's the latter end when the test is over? He'll do you good when the test is over. Now we're looking for all this stuff in the midst of the test. He's with you. He'll help you. He'll guide you. He'll support you. He'll do all those things. But the good that's going to come from it is going to come after the test is over at the latter end. Amen. In other words, ain't nobody getting their goodies ahead of time. I don't care how much we cry and worm and squirm and all that kind of stuff. You not shorten the test. Amen. You're going to have to take the test. And he is there with you. He wants you to pass it. That's why he's with you in the test. Amen. So it's really an open book test. Whenever God is is, uh, dealing with us in certain things, he needs to separate us from what we're depending upon that keeps us from trusting him. That's all. He's going to separate us 
from the things of this world that we depend upon that keep us from totally trusting him. We're going to have to trust him 100%. Amen? And so when we understand that, like right now, he's finding out who really believes his word about healing. He really, who's really in covenant with him? Who's really standing with him? And so there will be a time when we are all proven. David killed Goliath, but that was a test for him. And he was the bravest man in Israel. Well, why did he have to get tested? Because God tests everybody. If you're the bravest person, you're going to be tested again. Because he can make you even braver. Amen? God said, yeah, I helped you kill the lion and the bear, but you got to move on to something bigger. i got bigger plans for you. Amen? And so God, hey, we have no idea what God has planned for us. Because if we did, we try to squirm out of it. Amen? We run the other way. And so what God does is he puts us in situations to see if we're going to continue in his word. Are we going to continue to trust him? Are we going to continue or are we going to level out and think we got everything we need and go run off and play again? And so God puts us in positions where we can't go run off and play no more. Amen? It's true. Huh? He got me nailed down just like he got you nailed down. You know, people look at me and look at my age. Well, she don't really want to go do nothing. Look how old she is. You don't know. I still got plans to go and get incognito if I could ever get enough money to just gamble for two weeks straight. I just might go to Las Vegas. Huh? You don't know. So this is, <laughs> this is the deal. If I, I never think I'm standing on my own power. To stay with God. I constantly depend on the Holy Ghost. I have to depend on the fact. That God has a plan for me. That's beyond what I could ask or think. Or beyond what I could conceive of. Amen. And that doesn't always mean. uh, You know rolling in dough. And having a lot of fun. Carnal fun. Sometimes that means more responsibility in ministry. It might mean restricted. A restricted life. Where I don't have the, the conveniences. That I'm accustomed to. You have no idea. But God will keep us through all situations. Amen. Because we are our promises. Especially that of healing. And things to do with the atonement are not in the future. They are now. You need to know that we were created healed and whole. He looked at us and said we were good. Healing is eternal sicknesses of the world. The sickness came because of man's disobedience. We know that. It's part of the curse. You saw where where when God saw that... Adam and Eve disobeyed him in the garden. He pronounced a curse on them. But he did promise that curse would be lifted. Amen. Because they would bring into the earth a son who would get back at the devil. He'd, he'd uh, uh, take that serpent and crush his head. Amen. And so Jesus has crushed the serpent's head. Sicknesses of the devil. Amen. And if if the devil tries to put it on you as a blood-bought child of God, you have a right to resist it because you have received the atonement. You've received forgiveness once and for all for your sins. 
So start living for God and quit sinning. A lot of times people don't, don't believe in divine health because they don't practice living for God consistently enough to have confidence that God wants to bless them above the world. They look at themselves just like everyday people running around in the world. They never see themselves set apart holy for God that he would bless them with health, long life, eternal things. Now many of them think they're believing God for their finances. Well if you're believing God for your finances, why are you scared to take a day off from work? Why are you scared those people are going to fire you every time something goes on? Huh? If you really do believe God is in charge of your finances. See that's the one thing most people will want to try and believe him for. But just because you have a job, it doesn't mean you're doing everything right. That means you barely hanging in there. And when the devil wants to, he can just come and make you nervous and upset that you're going to lose it. Amen? Well, anyhow, it's true anyway. So we all need to get stronger in the word. We need to walk closer to God. The more closely you can walk with God, the less fear you have. You get up every morning, you start to bless God, you go out that house fearless. I don't care what might be waiting outside that door. It could be an accident. It can be somebody come in your workplace and shoot up everybody. It could be anything. So don't, if you're at home right now and, and you're staying as a precaution, don't let fear grip your mind. You put on some word tapes, you put on worship music, and those of you who are locked in with your families, let your conversation be edifying. Don't sit up and talk about what might be going on at your workplace and what might be going. Don't let fear dominate the atmosphere that you're in because you're shut in. Because that's the other trick of the enemy. He gets you running away from this flu and gets you shut in the house. And then all you can talk about is what's wrong with the, And then we might get this. And don't go out. We might get that. Don't you go to the door. We might get that. Watch your conversation at home. Those of you on Facebook, quit putting on there how many people are sick, how many people have died. Quit posting negative comments and leave these people if people want to put on there how many people are healed leave them alone don't get on there and argue with them and tell them to take that off who do you think you are you're working for the devil leave people alone if I want to post something encouraging about what our, our government is doing and what our, our people are doing to, to pray and all of that, you leave me alone. I'm going to delete your little nonsense off of there. Because the devil never takes a holiday. He never takes a day off. He never takes a minute off. He's sitting there waiting for people to say something encouraging. You know? You know, I heard some, some of these crazy well, news P, I don't even look at the news, but you know, I look at what the president says because he's our president. He's in charge. I got to know what's going on government wise. And somebody was saying, well, you can't give people false hope when he said he wanted this to end by Easter. Well, what do you want to do? Go broke out of fear? And some of them say, you give him false hope. Listen, hoping God is never false. 
That man's a Christian. He says it. I don't care what you think about his past behavior. Look at your past behavior. God saved you from your sin. Why can't he save President Trump from his sin? You going to void out the blood of Jesus in his life and think you're going to partake of it in your life? You don't do that to anybody. Don't you ever take anybody's salvation away from them based on something you heard about what they did. You leave people alone. God knows who's his. The Bible says that. He knows who belongs to him. That's that's his covenant with God. People on, on there call themselves ministers, Christian ministers, condemning somebody for their past sins like you never sinned in your life. That's why Jesus said anybody without sin in this crowd throw the first stone. Everybody walked away. See, when truth compels you to examine your life, you'll examine it. When Jesus compels us to examine our lives, we will examine it. Everybody will. Every knee will bow. That doesn't mean when the world is over. It means now. Jesus come to your door today and ask you if you're without sin. You're going to fall on your sins and no, Jesus, I'm so sorry for condemning people. Please forgive me. And Lord, I'm asking you to confirm your words. Come into people's hearts and minds today. And show them their own error. Not everybody else's. You don't go to the Bible to find where somebody else is wrong. You go to the Bible to find out for you. We're not people who condemn those who have sinned. We don't condemn people. Our gospel offers repentance. And they repent to God. They don't repent to you. You think you are. God's word is the strongest word that is in force in the universe. It holds this world together. The world is upheld by the word of his power and by nothing else. The world isn't upheld by what you do. And it isn't destroyed by what you do. Because God can correct all of it. Satan is not the strongest force in the universe. Evil will never triumph over good, righteousness, and holiness. What's going on by the world standards may be the most visible, but it's only temporary. It can be removed. So anything that's of weakness and that is of sin can be removed. Your iniquity can be removed. Your past can be removed. Your bad behavior can be removed. Your critical mind of condemnation against others can be removed if you'll repent. Amen. As Christians, we are learning how to remove things that are in our life that don't do us good. So if iniquity in your heart, if your your ability or your desire to condemn people is not for your good, God gives us the power to remove it. You just repent of it and he takes it out of the way. So that you can live in holiness and you can live in righteousness. Everything that's that's of the, the flesh will deteriorate but God renews it amen so sickness is of the realm of the world 
And it can be removed by the power of God and the word of God. Your flesh and the earth are made of the same material. And so Jesus has overcome whatever it is that ails your body. He has already overcome it. Amen. Healing is a spiritual occurrence. It is not a natural one. So healing is not of this world. It's not a thing from the earth. I know your body is, but healing is not. So if healing is coming from a different realm than sickness, you got to figure out which realm you're going to put your confidence in. Amen? So your restoration of your health comes through the realm of God's kingdom, which is an everlasting kingdom. It was here first. And it cannot be removed by sickness, sin, or anything that goes on in this world. Amen? So it's just like people are looking for this this flu epidemic to be over with. It's temporary. They already let you know it's temporary. So why are you letting something temporary drive you crazy? Huh? Only God is eternal. Even if you're married, you're only married till death do you part. Why you let your spouse ride, drive you crazy? Huh? <laughs> you will get relief. <laughs> I'm not putting no ideas in nobody's head. Everybody come clean now. Amen. Put the knife away. <laughs> so we need to divorce our attention from the natural realm. That's that's the divorce you need to get. Amen. Divorce COVID. Divorce bad news. Huh? Divorce CNN, MSNBC. Divorce the alphabet soup of the world. It's always giving you an evil report. Divorce all of that. Amen. And embrace what God is saying. Natural means of helping yourself, like this this uh, social distancing, that's a natural way of us helping ourselves. They may help, but sickness can recur if something doesn't happen in the spirit. So if we don't pray and ask God to capture that that virus and stop it in its tracks and plead the blood so that we can have divine protection amen these things come back again but it, 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 people know that they can expect the flu to happen at least every four years they put it down amen now the fact that it happens in an election year is not coincidental because too many people have been calling attention to it huh just saying Amen. <laughs> Healing must be received by your spirit first before your body can perceive it. So you've got to be careful about what comes into your heart. You've got to be careful about, is Chuck still in there? Hey, Chuck. You've been in long enough. Come on out. All right. Thank you. We got a seat six feet apart from everybody right for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So natural means by help may help, but sickness will recur if something doesn't happen in the spirit. Amen. Until something transpires in the spirit.
that will call that thing down from its exalted place, sickness will recur. Sickness falls into the category of spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So believers have authority over that. So when you, when you have, say for instance, you have a flu virus out somewhere in the atmosphere. If it, if it never lands on a human, it can't affect us. The fact that it lands on a human will affect that one person, but it doesn't go any further unless something else happens to help it. Am I right or am I right? So there are transference spirits that come and attach themselves to spirits of infirmity and they get on other people and we think it's by contact and that's probably true some. But if somebody touches you, you can still resist it with God's word because that's just a natural element and these things are annihilated by the spirit. We have authority over them all the time. We wrestle against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So you capture that transferous spirit and bind it and command it not to cause these things to go from person to person in Jesus' name. That's how you live your life. You don't live your life shut up in your house and talk in fear the whole time you're in there. Amen. You live your life by resisting the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Because the antidote for the natural is the realm of the spirit. If God didn't want us to take authority, he would never have given it to us. That's our job. He's not going to come down here and fight everything for you. He's I've given you the keys. You want to put up with that stuff? You put up with it. But I've already left the, the authority in your hands to take care of that. Brother Hagen said God proved that to him one time. He said there was, God was trying, he said Jesus appeared to him and he was talking to him. He said in this spirit, all of a sudden this thing that looked like a monkey, he said, stood, stood between him and Jesus. And it kept talking, it kept saying yakety yak, yakety yak. And he kept saying, Jesus, I can't hear you talk louder. And Jesus didn't speak any louder. And this thing kept saying yakety yak. And and so the Lord had finally dawned on Brother Hagin to tell that thing to shut up. And he could hear the Lord. And so the Lord said, if you had not done that, I could not speak to you. So it's up to you to make the devil leave. It's up to you to resist him with your voice. It's up to you to take authority over him and make him stop. Amen. You have to do this, folks. You you can't you can't be a weak Christian. You can't let the devil just come in and do anything he wants to do, especially if you know better. You know there's an authority to use. I don't care if you're scared of doing it. Do it anyway. Amen. See if it don't work. Amen. Why do you think fear rides on the shoulders of believers if it can? Keep you from doing anything. And don't sit under these crazy fear preachers. You know, I mean, just stop it. 
some are so milk toast they never address the devil they never they talk about what the devil does but they never talk to him You know, we need to get a, a spiritual tune-up on ourselves, you know, and just, you know, when you see stuff. I remember uh, Jeremiah, my nephew, uh, was Jeremiah, one of my nephews, uh, he had spent some time away, and he said he was around some people. One of the ministers he was around was uh, was preaching all the time. He was an evangelist. He said, that brother would see a fly. He said, I loose, loose him in the name of Jesus. He would talk to flies and make them stop coming around you know he just stays sharp for the for the devils for the bigger demons that would always come amen you need you need to learn how to take authority over things like that stay sharp stay stay uh stay focused you know take authority over malfunction over your vehicle before you get in there take authority over that don't put up with that nonsense amen and don't learn how to live with with malfunction Amen. Learn how to get things, believe God to get things repaired so that you don't make it your companion. You don't get comfortable with it. Amen. That's like my mother used to make us clean up and we would get mad. And I thank her for that because I never got comfortable sitting around in a bunch of confusion and filth. Amen. Because if she made you nervous, you got up and did something. And mama knew how to make you nervous. Amen. (laughs) So, So, and it's good for you. You need not to tolerate everything in your atmosphere. You need to learn how to keep an atmosphere conducive to health, to peace, to wholeness, all of those things. Amen. I remember my late husband, we talked about somebody and he was, he talked one time, he's talking about somebody, yeah, I went with her years ago. I said, why don't you marry her? He said, I was never going to marry her. I said, really? Why? Is this shit too nasty? Kept her house too nasty. She had a degree, she had a career, she had, but she kept a nasty house. See, men, if they can do what you do, they don't need you. He had a career, he had a good job, but he needed somebody to keep a clean house. Why I got picked, I don't know. <laughs> no, but but you know what I'm saying, Amen. I could, and I did, you know, when it's, whatever, I ain't going through that no more. It's just, but I learned to delegate. But we kept it clean. I mean, I'm telling you, I love, you know, I got busted with my little housekeeper. You know, she wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to end up taking all the bows. Thank you very much. Keep a clean house. Thank you very much. But, uh, you know, hey, whatever. Cat's out the bag. She taught us both how to clean up after ourselves. She said, now y'all can save money. I could come here and be picking up all this stuff if you want to pay me, but i tell you how to save money. My husband's ears shot up. See, she was better at it than I was. Because, see, I could tell him to do it, and he recoiled. But she told him to do it. He did it. I said, oh, this is working out very nicely. Better than I thought it would. But she she taught us how to clean up after ourselves. Which is what people need to do. That's all your mama was trying to teach you. Take care of your little mess. And if everybody does that, we won't have a big collective mess here for one person to slave and pick up after everybody. Amen. 
And so, <laughs> well, anyway, we that got done. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not that I don't clean my house. You know, I keep it clean. But if I need help, I know how to I put some coin away a little bit to get some. Slap me somebody else in there. Listen, I'm a woman. I meditate for a living. I write sermons. I write books. I have to be free of all physical encumbrances. So, Amen. Whatever. But anyway. But, but we need to respect the laws of God above the laws of man. And they will come into conflict with one another at some point. At some point, the laws of God will conflict with the laws of man. Because not everybody loves God. And not everybody listens to God. So we have to learn how to trust God above all things. So so when you go home, you take authority over spiritual wickedness. You take authority over transferring spirits. Now I know when we used to everybody used to pray all the prayers pretty frequently and that that phrase is in one of our prayers. And so but sometimes if you haven't prayed that prayer in a while, you forget about those things. Amen. And we've been through trying to to uh, you know, switch prayers periodically so everybody gets to pray them. You know, people complain enough, you know, so I said, well, let's just lead us along because it's just not working like that, but you trust God. But you got a prayer manual and you can go and look in there and you can bind these spirits up and forbid them to transfer disease from one person to the next. Amen. And do that. You need to do that with your kids' friends. You know, some of them, you ever notice the friend everybody listens to? He's the, de- he got the biggest devil. See, he's carrying the transference devil. And you can't keep your kid away from him. Well, you can bind that devil that runs everything through him. Amen. And maybe he'll find him something else to do. Pray for his salvation. Ask God to bring him to repentance, you know. So that so that'll be worthwhile. Your children have an exposure to these people. When when you find you know sometimes your kid be so in love with somebody, it's a transference devil between the peer pressure. That's all that is, is a transference spirit. You can take authority over that. Make that thing leave your kids alone. Amen. Make them leave everybody alone. Some people are really too easily led and too gullible. Amen. You can have a child that resists the bad group, the wrong kids, the rough kids for years. And then all of a sudden they get involved with somebody and they're just like flipped over a different person. You got me? Well, the devil just figured out how to get get them into a corner so they can back them down and get that spirit on them. You can lock them up and they'll still crawl out the bedroom door and go find somebody. It's true. And it happens a lot. These spirits are loose now like never before. They get them a lot through social media. They get on there and somebody talks to them. They just can't get away from that person. Amen. Can't stop clicking. Can't stop texting. Amen. Take authority over that thing. And and don't be long about it. Just say, devil, listen, let my kid go. He don't belong to you and he never will in Jesus' name. Washington, Lord, Lord, I plead the blood over my child's mind, over their thought life. 
So healing is a spiritual occurrence. It's not natural. So you need to divorce your attention from the natural. My son, pay attention to my words. Forget about what you hear on the, in television, radio, your favorite social media. Forget that stuff. Listen to me. Now, unless they got the word on there. So you might be helped periodically by natural means. But sickness will recur if something does not happen by the spirit. So healing must be first received by your spirit. Then your body gets the benefit of it. So that's why we listen to the word. Listening is spiritual. Amen. Speaking and listening is spiritual. Other than that, you would have to chew the pages of your Bible to get healed. So healing is not natural, it's spiritual. You are receiving healing by the Spirit right now. By paying attention to the Word. Amen. It always happens when we hear, pay attention to, focus on God's Word. Healing always occurs. So you want to spend your time and energy focused on God's word. Amen. Keeping your Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend, pay attention to my word. Not nobody else's word, my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. I don't care who's preaching it. You know, we get into this thing, oh, you know, I love Bishop so-and-so. I hear, I say, yeah, I love him too. But I don't listen to him like I would listen to God. You understand what I'm saying? People don't come before God. If he's preaching what God's word says is, is true, I listen to him. But I don't care how much I like him. Some of them I like a lot. You understand what I'm saying? But that is not what's going to draw me to their words. Amen? Sometimes you might have to divorce your favorite preacher. You understand what I'm saying? Because they've departed from the word of God. Amen. So when we hear God's word, pay attention to it, grab on to it. Grab on to it. Just because you read a scripture a couple of times doesn't mean you own it. The Bible says you have to hear it and do it in order to own it. Amen. So you hear it. And you follow through on it, and that way you own it. Amen? And so when you're sold, in other words, you're sold out on the truth of that word. Because you'll start doing the word, and you'll start getting the benefit of it. And that's when you get sold on it. It's not just hearing, and it's not confessing. Amen? See, this is the problem with a lot of our quickie faith teaching. Because people will confess the word, confess the word, and don't do nothing. You understand what I'm saying? They don't get up and do the word. Well, how can I do the healing word? Oh, baby, let me tell you. Get up and act healed. Number one, quit thinking about your body all the time. Healed people don't think about their bodies all the time. Huh? You, 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 you have to Speak to a symptom and say you're healed and then go act like it. Amen? So you get up and keep going. You don't stop. You don't go lay down. You don't quit. You don't start acting sick and, and then thinking, do I call the doctor or do I? 
call a doctor, am I well, am I healed? You can settle that right in your prayer closet. You can settle that right there before you even move on to the next thing. You need to get that settled. No, I'm not calling no doctor. Really, I've been trying not to have to call the ones that I do call. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get out of their clutches as soon as I can. Amen? And so you're not going to call in the wrong reinforcements for the war. That's like, you know, being a crip and you're going to call the bloods because some bloods is trying to fight you. You know, you call a crip if you want help from against the bloods. It's the same thing with us. You don't call the devil if you, I mean, I'm not calling the doctor's devil, but they can all only work with the natural. So you don't call the natural if you need the spirit. When your body is ailing, you need the spirit. You don't need the natural. You need to consider not. I know I was, I had a thing with, with, uh, it's been a couple years ago and it, is like I could get up and walk for like three minutes and afterwards the pain was excruciating. And I was looking on, I looked on the uh, website. I, I wasn't really looking for that. But it was an ad for some kind of remedy for it looked like that's what I had. I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to the Word. And for a minute I was thinking, I said, well, it says all you got to do is do this and do that and it be gone. I said, no, I know how to get it gone for good. So uh, so I just shut everything down. I didn't go to empowerment meeting. I didn't go anything. I told the Lord, I said, I'm not going to do anything but this until this is gone. Well, in about seven days it was gone. It started to ease up a little bit every day, a little bit. And I had asked God, I said, God, let me see daily improvement so that I know I'm on the right track. I want this thing gone for good. And it left, and, and, and it left, you know, but I would put my leg in certain positions and I could feel pain still. And I told myself, I said, now, Lord, there's a lot of ways that I could do this according to your word. And I did stay in the word. I don't get that far from the word. I ain't stupid. You understand what I'm saying? But but I decided to consider not. And every time I would move in a certain position, I would feel it. And I would move back. But I said, Lord, I'm going to not consider this. So I would just let it stay there. And eventually I'd get up and move around again. And then one day I realized, I said, I haven't felt that in weeks. You understand what I'm saying? So once you make up your mind to put the word of God in operation in your life, you stay there until that word does what it's supposed to be. Because I could have said, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is some, there's something wrong. I could have quit considering not and start considering it again. But I decided I was going to stick with that because the Bible says Abraham considered not his own body. That's the best way to get your body healed. It's not meditate on how bad it is. Don't consider how how restricted you are. Don't consider how much pain there is. Well, if you in pain, you in pain. No, you're not. It's a lie. That may be your experience, but that's not true. The Bible says Jesus bore our pains and care. You need to speak to that pain, tell it to leave you. Well, it keeps coming back. That's because you keep looking for it. Whatever you give attention to will show up. You know, pain is like the 
ugly boy in your class. Remember all the girls ignored him so he could go away. Huh? That's why you don't give him the time of day because you want him to go away. Same thing with pain, sin, sickness, anything like that. You don't consider it. You know, people, Christians backslide because they they do something wrong instead of going to God, confess it. They run from him, try to hide it from him. And the devil nags him with it continually. Amen. And then convinces you, you know good, go out and do it again. Habitual sin. Because they won't. And some of them, they'll stay like that for years. And not come to God and square things away. And it, I try to stop. You're doing it wrong. Huh? You don't try to stop. You stop. And you dare the devil to talk to you about it anymore. And stay in your word. Your problem is you trying to do it without God. You never, you never, you never get on top of sin without God. You put God first. Huh? The devil will target you and send people to sit right on your shoulder and talk to you about sin all day long. Huh? Well, and it'd be people you really like. And you thought you were witnessing to them, and before you know it, the conversation has been 20 minutes talking about worldly stuff huh oh he's tricky so the more attention you give the word the more your faith grows in it just like the more attention you give to the natural the more your faith grows in the natural so you have to starve one feed the other one so you starve your carnal man and you feed your spirit man don't think that because you haven't seen evidence yet or your symptoms haven't left yet that your spirit's not growing. It grows when you feed it. Amen. Just because your kids, you want your kids to grow up straight and tall, you got one that's a little short and don't seem to be growing much, you don't quit feeding them. You feed them by faith. Well, they call you shorty now, but one day you can grow big and tall like the rest of them. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Or you stay short. Huh? <laughs> so when Jesus healed people, he did it by his word. The Bible says his words are spirit and they are life. So life is in the spirit realm. Death is in the natural realm. Words are spiritual forces. God used his words to create the universe and everything in it, and it's still here. That's why he is called the possessor of heaven and earth. So he possesses it by reason of his ownership of it with the word. Amen. So by the word, he created everything, and with his word, he still holds it up. He didn't turn his back on the universe and change his mind. No, I don't like that now. If he did that, everything in it will be destroyed and evaporated. So he upholds it with faith in his own word. Amen. So we have a faith universe that we live in.
the earth earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it because his words formed and upholds them the word of his power upholds the world the earth is his responsibility because of his words so words make us responsible also so we take responsibility of our lives with the words that we speak about our situations if your words speak to the natural they are full of fear whether you perceive that fear or not i see a lot of people people are ashamed of fear because they'll say things you'll say like well why do you have so much fear i'm not scared that's a fear spirit in them talking up because it gets triggered once it's identified spirits when you call them out and you expose them they get they trigger so that they can cover up and pretend they're not there they don't want to get cast out they don't want to be told to shut up they don't want to be immobilized so when they get around believers they try to neutralize the faith of the believer you ever you ever been in a situation and you'll start you'll say something like well i just believe god's going to take care of this and everybody in the room jumps on you because the enemy has kept them on guard to take your words away from you because you're the only thing that's keeping them from having full control in that situation you because of your faith and when you whether you say anything or not your faith in god has the potential to ruin their situation it's going to ruin their control over everything amen and people are full of pride they don't like being told that they have problems there's anything wrong with them now they'll talk negative all day long but they don't want you saying anything negative against them amen they're offended and so that spirit of offense rests in people who put their trust in the natural realm so you can just be going about your regular business loving the lord and encouraging yourself and somebody who is in unbelief hear it and they get offended well you can't just say that how can you just say that i say it because god didn't just say it god says that with me i'm in agreement with god who are you in agreement with amen and so many times we will find ourselves in situations where god is exposing the hearts of men he's exposing the fearful hearts of people now all over the world folks so when you see these what they call pandemic things they hit every country in the world worldwide that's god honey and nobody but god the devil don't have that kind of power because god's mercy would stop it in some places and allow people some freedom just so we know that he's a good god but when you see it it worldwide like this god is doing something and what he is doing he's separating the faithful from the faithless he's separating the fearful from the faithful he's separating uh the sheep from the goats because goats are gonna buck it and fight it i don't care what amen they're always gonna buck and fight things and so we have to learn how to stay out from under the influence of the fearful especially in this hour 
Because the enemy wants us to... Why do you think CNN is in every airport? Because they can propagandize and whatever it is that they're spewing out, most people are believing it. Most people within earshot are believing it. That's why they stay in this liberal mindset, in this liberal mentality, and and they have their own religion. Religion, Liberalism is its own religion. You know why? Because they rule with fear. You can tell, you can tell when religion's in operation versus the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit rules in what? Love. And the fruit of the Spirit. Anything not of God will rule in fear. And try to keep people afraid. So what liberalism does is it starts labeling everybody. It puts, it starts putting uh, labels and identities on everything. Religion, this like the Pharisees. They they were one group, and then they didn't just want everybody that somebody came in and, and had a different idea, and they were Sadducees. You got me? Then you had the Essenes that were sick of everything and went out and lived in the desert. John the Baptist, they think, was one of those people. And so religion always has this dividing and conquering aspect to it. And so what people, liberal people do is they put a label on you. And it has nothing to do with what you do or say. They'll see if you'll bow to them in fear that they might put a label on you. They'll call people, oh, you're homophobic. Well, you don't like gay people. No, I don't like sin, but I love people. Amen? Your best bet is not even to answer crazy people like that back. Amen? You know, best thing you could tell, they say, you're homophobic. Well, my sins are forgiven. And you'll find out there's worse things than being a homophobe. You can be a homophobe on the way to hell. Or you can be a liberal on the way to hell. You can love everybody in your little world and still be on your way to hell. But I know my sins are forgiven. You want me to pray for you so yours can be also? Don't let people pigeonhole you with their stupid labels. You know, or you're a racist. They didn't done that devil up from after all these years. That's just a label to try to keep people in fear and keep them under your control. Well, vote for me because I'm not a racist. Huh? So they keep you under fear of them putting a label on you. Because that label has nothing to do with who you are. What you believe, who you love, who you don't love. If you're a child of God, your sins are forgiven. So you don't even fall into a category that they can categorize. And they're trying to condemn Christians by putting accusation on us. And many Christians are falling for it. See, we as a, as a body of believers gotta believe our sins are forgiven. Cause most of us don't. Cause we act like we don't. We're so careful around, sir. We're careful about this. We're careful about that. Careful about that. Bible says be careful for nothing. Huh? If you got a problem with people because of their color or their race or whatever it is, go pray to God. 
and ask him for deliverance. A liberal person can't deliver you. They can only label you. Well, I got a label for them. You're a liar. You're a thief. And you're scared. I'm not scared of you. You're scared of me. See, what they can't take away from the Christian is his holy boldness. Because once the Holy Ghost lives in you, he going to be bold. Amen. They can't take away from you your devotion to God. Even though they're trying hard. All these labels are coming to separate us from the love of God. Which it cannot do. They want you to tone down your preaching. Tone down your words. So you'll sound more liberal. More more acceptable to them. So in that way they can control people. Amen. You don't have to bow to that. You don't have to bow to no devil. But you got to know it's a devil you're dealing with. Sometimes we bow because it's somebody in, in authority in our lives. Sometimes it's friends or people we love or something. You don't bow to anybody. Because God's watching you. He's watching the whole show. Amen. God's word is sure. You don't try the word. It's been tried already. You don't put God's word on trial. Amen. It's been tried already. And it's been proven faithful. So God's word will will manifest itself no matter who speaks it, no matter who believes it. It's been tried by all kinds of situations. When you want to possess health and healing, you start with the word of God. Amen. Start with his word. Isaiah 53, 4 says, by his stripes you are healed. Which means you were healed, you are healed, you are forever healed. Jeremiah 30, verse 17, I will restore health to you. Restore health. And heal you of your wounds. So where health has been stolen... He will restore it and heal us. Keep thanking God for restoration of everything. Amen. Restoration of everything. And, and if, if you have almost a total uh, relief of symptoms, consider not that you still have symptoms. I mean, I, now I know that works because it's worked for me. It worked for Abraham. Sometimes we're too focused on what's wrong. See, if you consider not and just go about your normal routine, you look up and one day that thing you couldn't do very well, you're doing it all of a sudden because you consider not. See, the devil wants us to stay focused on what's wrong so he can help us to accuse God of not loving us, not caring about us. Huh? Is not happening fast enough for him. Got it? Exodus 15:26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in his sight. 
obey his commandments and keep all his statutes. You know what? It's worth it to serve God. Just right there, you stay healthy if you serve God. Well, well, Pastor Barr, how come I have this and how come I have that? Just keep serving him. See, you got that to see if that can stop you from serving him. <laughs> keep serving him. Huh? Repent and keep serving him. Now you just voice doubt. You need to repent of doubting him and keep serving him. Amen? Live close to God. Amen? Live like you want to please him. Live like he's going to bless you when you do right. Live like he's a rewarder of those that diligently. Live like that. And you receive those benefits. Exodus 23, 25 and 6. If we will serve the Lord, he will bless our bread and our water and will take sickness away from the midst of us. There shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Well, who's near my dwelling? My neighbors, my family, my friends. They all near my dwelling. Oh, it won't even come near? I know. But y'all stay six feet away from each other. <laughs> a lot of land. We go obey the law of the land. Amen. Deuteronomy 7.15 says, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. I am the Lord that healeth you. Why did he say that? Because some of them had those diseases. Some of them worshiped the Egyptian gods. Amen. So they had to get rid of a lot of stuff when they came out. Amen. So the Lord said, if you put that away and just go to serving me, I won't put in any diseases upon you. And he showed that to, to Israel because when those plagues hit Egypt, what did he do? He had a protective country for them to live in. God's never put sickness on his people. I don't know where Christians are getting this stuff from that they're all worked up and fearful. And now what God wants us to do is to start to fight among ourselves. I mean, what the enemy wants us to do. I'm sorry. What the devil wants us to do is start to fight each other. Huh? By looking at now. But wait, watch when this is over. You're still going to have some people. Who sit up and don't want to come to church because they don't want to get no germs from nobody. Well, so-and-so was coughing and so-and-so was doing this and so-and-so. And so little by little, he's removing the fearful from the midst of us. Amen. So fearful people will continue to live this way because they bought into it. Faith people will go back to their normal way of trusting God because we never quit trusting Him. Amen? I still trust God. Amen? Now, I can sit at home and get a little stupid here and there, think about this a minute. I said, no, but you know what, God? Come on now. I trust you above all things. I don't even live anymore except I live through you. You understand what I'm saying? I I don't know if that offends anybody or that people think that's a cop-out. But I gave my life to the Lord a long time ago. Amen. I never would have stayed married for 30 years if I hadn't given my life to the Lord. You got me? I never could have done anything in ministry if I hadn't given my life to the Lord. If I was still looking for something for me. 
Amen. Preachers start preaching because they don't have a lot of money coming in. They're ready to quit and go do something else. Well, that's just, just what God's way of separating people out. You know, people say, well, we pray for your pastor because I read somewhere. Now, these are lies that get printed. Uh, 30% or 60% of the pastors want to quit. Let them quit. I'll let them quit. You think you're going to sit up and pray for somebody who's weak and fearful and try to keep them limping around and they're supposed to be a leader? I don't want nobody limping. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Leaning on the sheep, leaning on other people's prayers and living off somebody else's faith and all that. No, uh uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. And anybody's in it for the money should have left a long time ago because the money really has never been there. Been there for some people, but ain't been there for everybody. Amen. Psalm 91, 9 through 10. No plague shall come near your dwelling. Amen. Again. So that means any kind of epidemic is not coming to you. It's not for you, blood bought. Amen. God said, when I see the blood, you got to show him something. He not gonna just pass over you cause you scared sitting up in your house, scared to go out, scared to come in, scared to do anything. He wants to see the blood. He don't want to see you. He don't want to see your nervousness. He don't want to see your fear. He don't want to see your negative conversation. He wants to see the blood. Show him something that will cause him to pass over. The more fearful you are, the more you're in line for something bad to happen to you. Get out the fear line and get in the faith line. It's that easy. Psalm 107, 19 to 21. He sent his word and healed them. Malachi 4, 2 to 3. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Just begin to worship Jesus and let him arise in your heart with healing in his. Amen. Whenever he comes, he brings healing. He don't come in your midst and say, oops, I forgot that. Well, you didn't ask for that, Barb. He he arises with healing and he comes with everything you need. Matthew 18, 16 through 17, that it might be, uh, it might be performed that was spoken by the, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Took every single thing. Weakness, sickness, fear. Matthew 9.35, every sickness and every disease that Jesus came in contact with, he healed. If the people believed him. Amen. Now we have God's authority by our words. Speak words of health, healing, wholeness, and do not speak words of sickness. Because I believe people who run the mass media... It is only a handful of corporations that run all of the communication media out there. They even have internet. The only thing that's probably going to save us is what they call the fifth estate. Not the fourth, the fifth. The fifth estate is all the illegal, uh, you know, the uh, conspiracy theory, internet people, the ones who are not corporate controlled, the ones who depend on a little bit of offering that comes in, all that kind of stuff. Because they're free to speak truth. But the corporate control media are testing the waters now to see how much mind control 
they can put over the whole earth. They're trying to see how many people now are responding in fear to their instructions to stay at home. Now we stay out of respect for the law of the land until it violates God's word. And there's going to come a time it's going to violate the word of God and you're going to have to decide. But we will respect the law of the land because not everybody has the same level of faith. And I and I totally respect that. You ask anybody who's come through these doors, I've never pushed people to believe anything beyond their faith that they can, if you don't believe it, just, just, you know, hold on to the word that you believe and we'll keep rolling with you. But faith is out there for all of us. But I've never forced anybody to tithe if they didn't feel they had the faith to do it. I've never forced anybody not to go to the doctor unless they had the faith not to do it. I've never forced people to live beyond their faith. And see, we have to, I respect people. But I'm here to tell you too, you can't live in fear forever. So I'm warning the fear people. If you're at home, you respect the laws of the land, but stay in faith in God's word. And you can do it. You don't have to let fear settle in on you and start dictating to you, you can't do this, you can't do that. Because the the global powers are looking to start brainwashing people who get addicted to either social media, who get addicted to their message. And so they're still working to get everybody in this world addicted to the message that they're going to come and spew on everybody. And one way you make yourself susceptible is to fear. If you work a job, you shouldn't be afraid to tell people homosexual is sin. You shouldn't be afraid to pray with somebody who's gay and wants out. You should not be afraid to share Christ with people. I don't care what kind of sin they're in. You're not afraid. I don't care if it is your boss. You understand what I'm saying? You should not be afraid. Because there will come a day when you're accountable to God for the people you could have won to him. And you gave up because you feared your paycheck was going to be missing. Well, honey, if God don't bless you with health and a sound mind, your paycheck is leaving anyway. You got me? And so you might as well roll with him and trust what he's doing in your life because we carry eternity in us. We carry the eternal fate of the world within us. How am I doing? Did you give me five already? Okay, all right. So so I'm going to pray a, fa- a prayer of renunciation of fear for us today so that we can help some people amen because you know i'm not uh throwing shade on nobody who's not here today or anywhere else in any kind of group that you may have been called to but what i am doing is saying you there's you can divide that out you can say i'm here because i'm respecting the law of the land but i am not afraid of any sickness coming near my dwelling you got me and we are going to have to live like that because many of us have been living on the edge we have a little bit of faith but a little bit of fear a little bit of faith more fear a little bit of faith more and pretty soon we know faith at all and we more in fear and so you're going to come over on the side of faith in God because your boss can't see you, your neighbors can't see you. You know, there's nobody there now but you and God for you to account to. And we're going to learn how to be faithful and accountable to the God who shed his blood for 
us. Amen. And you on the internet, stretch your hands toward your screen or touch your screen so that you can receive the anointing and the confidence and boldness in God that you need to override this fear because fear has torment. You'll start tormenting yourself and tormenting people around you. And, and God is not pleased with that. That's from the God of this world. You are not to carry fear to your workplace. You're not to spew it out into your family members. You're not to transfer fear onto anybody in the name of Jesus. Fear not, little flock, because it is God's pleasure to give you the kingdom of heaven. And Father, right now, we renounce and we curse fear. We banish fear from our minds, fear from our hearts. Weakful, weak, weak and faint-hearted people, hear the word of the Lord. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Father, I decree a power, love, and sound mind to everybody within the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to heal you, to give you health, to give you long life, to take sickness from the midst of you. And sickness can never prevail over the shed blood of Jesus Christ that is your rightful inheritance and everything that it has purchased for you. So, Father, I thank you. To relieve people from fear, I, I strike the blood over the doorposts of each house, of each believer, within the listening of, of my, my voice, that you would rise up in the authority of God in the name of Jesus. That you would rise up in faith and confidence. You will not bow down to fear, but you will rise up in confidence in God in this very hour. Say after me, fear, I renounce you, I command you out of my life, in the name of Jesus, and Father, I thank you for the spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and I receive it now, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God and just show the blood. That's how we, we show him the blood is by renouncing the devil and receiving our liberty in Christ. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. Praise God. Amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.